0: (sighs) a cold brew toes dug into the warm sand and the sound of the surf crashing on the shore there's no better place to be at than the beach the world contains 372,000 miles of coastline that's a lot of sand and a lot of stories so how does pop culture portray those stories? What is so compelling about the beach? What do the characters who populate these oceanfront areas have in common? Tune into the four-part Pop Bonsai Beach Set to find out as we explore beaches in Hollywood, documentaries, novels, and music in this summer's Beach Set. So Jay, what's your uh, what's your deal with um, what's your deal, man? <laughs> Just in general, what's your deal, man? What's your <laughs> deal? <A little> defensive, <laughs> yeah. What's your deal, bro? Um, what do you? What's your preferred um, swimsuit game? Like, what are you what are you looking for in your in your swimwear here?
1: Uh, okay. You, you smuggling?
0: So... You smuggling some grapes? What's going on?
1: <laughs> um. Can I make a guess? So, Can I make a
0: guess? You tell me if I'm right.
1: Uh, okay, sure. Okay,
0: let me take a look at you. Uh huh. Okay, stand up. Okay. <laughs> Turn remove, around. Remove the pants. Uh huh. Okay, let me see what I'm working with here. Uh, you're a board <laughs> short kind of guy. Board short? Sir, yes, sir. All right. What are we talking about? Like, uh, like a 11 inch board short? Uh, Nine 11 inch. inches is good. I like 11, 11 inches. inches. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a tall well, guy. A you're a tall guy. A 13, yeah. You're a tall guy. So you can you like, you can get away with the, uh, the, the long board shorts. Yeah. Yeah. The one with the
1: tie, that tie that like Velcros and ties up top. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I have like these cool Batman ones that they're like, uh, they're kind of like a Hawaiian like style. Ah. And there's, uh, there's Batman, like, like, drawn in the flowers like you can't even tell us you really look, batman. you look like, oh, batman's in there what
0: color what color are we <laughs> talking about do you go like um, do you go like um uh beach colors like bright colors pastels or do you go like yeah solid these
1: batman ones they're like aqua with like red yellow oh man those sound flowers. dope yeah that's pretty cool i didn't even notice the batman in there and i'm like oh, oh, that's oh wait so you bought awesome. them and you didn't know they had batman in there I no I, I oh. looked at him at the in the store and then I started. I, you really have to look and then I'm like, whoa, there's Batman in there. Does
0: so, it come with shark, how about
1: you? shark repellent? <laughs> how about you? What what do you think?
0: Well, uh, when I was Bro, a kid, when I was a kid, I just bought I just wore whatever swimsuit my mom bought me, which was usually like, yeah, um, you know, like ten inch, eleven inch, uh, regular swimsuit with the liner in it um okay i did try board shorts i think when i got to college i think that was my thing i didn't like them and just in general my short game i i, I about 10 years ago i i adopted short shorts early on i just went like straight up seven inches five inches yeah seven inch. i do like a seven sometimes i'll do it i do have a couple five five inches and that was that was i was a fucking pioneer jay um, this was before like chubbies and all that, that short stuff came out. I had to deal with a lot of ridicule, Jay. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? It's time will tell on these bad boys. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I started the short, short journey with the swimsuit that if, listen, if you're going, if you're trying to dip your toes in the short, short world, um, who wears short shorts, I wear short shorts, um, is you have to, the good place to start is your swimsuit game. If you're like, well, I don't know if I should start buying short shorts, try it with one article of clothing. Get the swimsuit sh- a shorter in there. Especially if you're a shorter guy like me, that just adds length. It adds length. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about Jay as so I'm, uh, so I'm moving to a beach. I've even contemplated and started looking up. I might be ready to go with the Speedo. Oh. I, am, I am I am. legitimately, this is not a joke, thinking about going Speedo route. Wow. Here's, what, here's why. One, it's just like you can take a Speedo, you can put it in your pocket. So if you're living on the beach, if you're like in a beach area, you know, you can stick in your pocket, go for a hike. You can wear it underneath your clothes, just pull off your hiking gears, jump in the water. You know, uh, especially if I'm going to be living in a beach area where there's always water around, you want to be prepared. Two, mm-hmm. quick dry. Three, three, I think you see someone unironically wearing a Speedo and you're like, that guy's got balls. Like there's something gravitating about it. Like now you're going to have people who are going to fucking be upset with it or whatever it is. And you got to be tan. Like I can't right now I'm not Speedo in Speedo shape or, but I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about being in Speedo shape so much anymore. More about just not being pasty. Like Speedo color. Yeah. Yeah. Speedo hue. Speedo hue. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and what's your name again? It's Speedo Hugh <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast Bonsai! All right, Jay. Um, Listen, Jay, I got to tell you, I want to tell you something. Once you're one of the Z boys, you are always one of Z boys. That's what I hear. Yeah. What are we talking about today on part two of our summer beach set? We're talking beaches, people.
1: Beaches, beach life, beach activity. Um, uh give me some spanish sports. give me some
0: spanish uh beach terms give me some spanish beach terms uh words uh-huh. associated with the beach in spanish
1: uh el mar um uh Vianas, whales uh geez, i don't know um how do you, you I do I do say wave Viena? how do you say
0: wave in in
1: spanish uh, oh. Huevito. <laughs> no that's something else that's what's in your speedos <laughs> Oh uh, but anyway. I got
0: uh, I got more like Gray
1: Vito. Oh, I got some Grey Vito in this. <laughs> so this time around we're gonna be talking about uh, the one documentary Dogtown and Z Boys. Dogtown uh, and Z Boys. Yeah, put together by Stacy Peralta, narrated by Sean Penn, and for some weird reason I totally forgot that Sean Penn narrated this
0: yeah when i saw it me too time. uh back before and then i realized it was sean penn then i forgot it was sean penn until this rewatch on it and don't worry people henry rollins is in this doc <laughs>
1: of course he is it's if, it, if it's something to do with so- southern california counterculture yeah he's he's in there
0: no, I think he's just like California in general. I think he was on like that Gold Rush uh, series with who's the guy. He would go around California and be like, is this a mule? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can't think no. of his name. So, oh, if I edited, that would be gone. But I don't. So it's here.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Any documentary about, you know, California, he's in there. Uh, Ian McKay, or, or Mackay. I've been pronouncing Ian Mackay's name all wrong all my adolescence. What Did you already say when this year, the year this doc came out? 2001,
0: yeah. 2001. Gosh, it has been around for a long time. It feels yeah. very timeless. I guess a lot of docs do feel timeless, uh, but even, I guess the structure of the doc feels very timeless, like how it feels like a like this was one of the pioneers in those early 2000s that really changed how like the format of a doc it became less dry we're bringing in celebrities to narrate stuff and and things like that uh dope yeah. soundtrack putting the money in for the the soundtrack oh um, yeah it's,
1: it's very well put together it's very stylized you know um so yeah it definitely helps to bring all that old footage make kind of seem new again kind of thing yeah um so I think we we- i guess we really didn't discuss
0: between our, ourselves why we chose this for our our beach set. i think we i don't even remember who put it out there, but it was a real easy go to obviously uh this take takes place in what's what's called the the dog town area of uh, Pacific Ocean Beach there in, in San Diego. It's like this mm-hmm. intersection of these neighborhoods uh, where in the 1970s, the Zephyr surf team uh, became the Zephyr skateboard team and really changed the face of skateboarding. But I think we gravitated to this for our, our beach set because it's called Dogtown and uh, the Z-Boys or Dogtown Z-Boys. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dogtown gets top billing on on the the title of the dock and dogtown is that beachfront those beachfront neighborhoods in the 1970s and the culture of living on the beach especially when you're young and especially when you're counterculture so i think that is kind of why we were both like well let's do dogtown z boys
1: yeah yeah i yeah so it's it's the area of uh, venice beach santa monica um, and i thought it was really interesting and I, I forgive me if i'm making this parallel a little too early but it reminded me a lot of new york city in, in the 70s you know like w- with coney island and that just that urban just decay where yeah monk was born yeah. and then the that was going on, in, you know, at the same time in on the other side, on the co- on the other coast, and I'm like, God, I couldn't just help seeing that parallel between those two scenes and those, you know, uh, just what was going on. Well, the term they use in the, the docula is that idea you just mentioned, the idea of
0: urban decay. And what people are making out of it. It's so like 1970s New York. It's, you know, a lot of graffiti artists came out of there. And, and artists using the decay of that and building sculptures or, or murals uh, uh, and things like that. Or, um, and then on the West Coast, because you're right there next to the ocean, you know, that Pacific Coast Pier, which was like the Coney Island of the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, becomes this playground, you know? Um, uh, uh, in in its construction, it was a playground. It was, you know, like rides and, and boardwalk fair and things like that right next to the ocean. Yeah. Uh, but once that was gone, it really, it, it doesn't stand, that area doesn't stand in history because of what it was built for. It stands in history of what it was, what it became after it was destroyed. So, it really in its ruins did it have its greatest impact in history. And I think that's one of the things that's fascinating about that area is that it was commissioned and built up to be something, but then just fate and time and attention changed it to something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like you're saying. Um... Out of out of New York and, and, and the Dogtown area came, the artists came, musicians came like this, the scene, this fashion, the look, the, it's, it's crazy. And so let me ask you this. What do you think? Okay. So you could even, you can even throw London in there. Uh same thing, you know, yeah, the you, same you, era time that that yeah. mid to late seventies. Yeah. Yeah. And you read about, you know, uh uh interviews with John Lydon and Joe Strummer and stuff like that, and in London was going through the same thing. You know, there were garbage strikes, it's garbage piled up, you know. It's, it's fair, London had
0: been going through that since post war. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Lydon and stuff like that, you know, the reason they became sex pistols, they grew up in the ruins of a bombed out London. Um yeah. Uh, but, you know, California is a little bit different in the sense that in the 1970s, it was such a scenic and obviously not as populated of a place as it is today. So for this type of culture, which we are seeing in the East Coast like New York and seeing in London to pop up in this microcosm, because San Francisco in the 1970s wasn't like that, I don't think. Um, L.A. in the 1970s, you know, you have, you know, parts of L.A. that are like that. But this really was, yeah, it, it, it's, just, it's really interesting. And, I, and, and credit to the doc for recognizing that and yeah. really, really hammering that home in the first act of this documentary.
1: Yeah, so what I was going to ask you is, what do you think it is about that backdrop, that setting, those conditions that's so conducive with with art? Well, uh, I'll talk specifically, since we're talking about the
0: beaches on this set, uh, I'll talk specifically about Dogtown. Um, That's a great question, by the way. And I'm going to reference something we talked about in our last episode that we did on Point Break. We talked about this idea of the beach being, you are right next to one of the most awe-inspiring and powerful forces of nature. And what Dogtown represents is that ultimate grand natural force next to what was a mecca for human innovation and architecture and uh fun and 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 uh, community destroyed decayed and then built up out of that again mm-hmm. right so i think you know one obviously uh the zephyr team couldn't exist in the middle of America because there are no <laughs> oceans out there. So you're not going to have that specific culture. Although, in the, as a doc explains through the skateboard magazines, we see people like Henry Rollins who l- l- look at those magazines, see them surfing these pools with these palm trees right next to the beach, or s- skateboarding these pools. See them surfing on this beach, and it becomes a fantasy. And they 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 make a reference. I think maybe directly once and indirectly to the first act of this doc, as uh, the Dogtown area being kind of like a Neverland and the uh, two guys who own that Zephyr uh, surf shop um, being like Captain Hook, right? So Uh it is the sense of... um, uh, There's a wildness to it. Uh, And I think the ocean environment the beach environment invites a wildness to it you know you're dealing with crashing waves you're dealing with you know a a, a vastness of the unknown you're dealing with a lot of danger uh with the ocean the ocean is not the beach is not a safe place you know, I mean, most beaches have lifeguards in them. People drown all the time. There are weird things in the oceans that that want to eat you. Uh, these guys were surfing around broken piers, almost impaling themselves on on broke down uh, wood pilings. Yeah. And so there is this sense that the ocean, while it provides the beach, while it provides the sense of entertainment, it also provides just the right amount of sense of danger to really set off, A kind of unique culture in here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what do you think about the counter i'll turn your question on you what do you think about the counterculture of um the pacific coast in the 1970s as opposed to some of those other counterculture areas that you mentioned
1: um well to be honest i um have uh, so i i've been um I was introduced to skateboarding when at, when i was really young when i was like fifth fifth sixth grade yeah and so it's that whole thing like you know the the the, the style the music skateboarding it's been part of my life for a really long time mm-hmm. um it's still to this day i still I still will. will I, the only sh- shoes I wear are Vans. I have some mm. Doc Martins, but all I have is Vans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and that whole thing, you know, with board shorts, t-shirt, shaggy hair. I mean, it's been like my whole life, and so and you know, do, re- you, re- do you
0: skateboard? Did you skateboard?
1: I used to uh, yeah. up until, you know, just a few years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's been part of my life. You know the punk rock Thrasher magazine, yeah, you know, everything they, that they uh, were talking about, about people that weren't actually there, you know, being just really brought into by the photographs and all that stuff. It's man, that was me. You know? Yeah, no, I, I get that. I mean, um, I
0: was an eighties baby in a nineties kid. And so I was there for wait, what, maybe the third wave of skateboarding when it got huge in the nineties again. You know, you know, especially with like the pop punk scene and, and things like that. And Pennywise, um, you know, th- their videos and they were putting Pennywise and surfing and skateboarding videos. Um, and so for me, I try skateboarding for like several times in my life. Uh, same with like snowboarding. I'm more of like a, a skier, rollerblader, ice skater. I can do all that fine. I can't do board stuff. Like, it's not Mm. in my natural movement, so it's really hard for me. And so as a kid, like, I did the inline skating. You know, I had grind grind plates on and stuff like that and could do that. Would try to skateboard, couldn't quite get the rhythm of it. But it was the aesthetic and the culture that I liked more than the actual skating I wasn't a good skater but I love the culture of it, and we dressed like skaters you know um the tricky part was you just I just made sure never to carry a board around because that was the <laughs> ultimate that was the ultimate that I think is maybe where the 90s version of poser came from someone who would carry around a skateboard oh yeah you know and um you know a, like a stussy or an alien workshop shirt and cargo shorts and then you know pretend like they were skating yeah. Oh but the yeah, aesthetic and the culture is what I wanted to be so bad more than anything. I wanted to, I wanted to be able to be a, a just a a functional skateboarder. I don't need to do I don't need to be, you know, um Stacey Peralta.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tony no, Alva. <laughs> don't get me wrong, uh I was not very good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. Um you could you, could, you, were good, you, you could you were good enough to use it as a mode of transportation. Oh yeah. But it was very ingrained in that culture that you either ride one of those things or forget it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I mean, I got out there. Don't look like do you it. do if you don't. Like in the nineties,
0: everyone with Blink One Eight Two, everyone started dressing like skaters.
1: Yeah. And so it
0: kind of took. I think that was where that that phase of skateboarding died is when like Blink One Eight Two came in and everyone was just aesthetically like a skateboarder even though 90% of them didn't skate it just took the luster away from it and it mm-hmm. you, you could take the ride without cashing the ticket in um and uh yeah and i i love that because in this doc they're so territorial they're so scene based they're so cliquish that like part of me that's such a part of me we've talked about this before in several parts of the podcast of 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 the rules of a scene of the rules of a culture and um I like that I love things that have even if I'm not a part of it and I'm yeah. like you know I'll try, I'll try to steal aesthetically little bits of it but always very aware not to go over the line when it, when it comes to that because well, I don't want I don't want cuz I know how intense these people are because that's what they live
1: yeah, I mean that—that's part of the appeal too, you know. It, it's part of that. The, there's a sense of danger in there. There's a sense of excitement, of exhilaration. You know, like back in the old days, going to a punk show, yeah, mm-hmm. you could probably get punched in the face. You know, yeah. you could probably get hated on. You could probably get stuff thrown at you, thrown at you, whatever. But that was part of the whole thing. Now, like punk rock, the whole thing is just being, you know, let's be so accepting and you know it's like that kind of takes a little bit of that edge yeah thanks fucking bikini kill (laughs) well i mean i'm not
0: letting that go ladies of rock listen to my my thing i had to watch a whole documentary on this shit and i'm just gonna be uh, so mad
1: (laughs) uh, you know i mean it's arguable whether it's just on a, like a psychological standpoint, it's better or worse, but it definitely takes that element away, that appeal right. for what, how I got into it. Who knows? Right. Maybe kids nowadays take something else different from that. You know?
0: I love it when I, when I teach and I come across like an old school skater kid who just loves to skate and is unpretentious about it and doesn't even know that they're cool. Like they come in with like holes in their pants and it's not because they cut them in there or they bought them that way. It's because they own two pairs of pants and they skateboard all the time in them. I love that. I love yeah. little skate and surf rats, even though I was never one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's weird going It's so to... authentic. Yeah, because you know that it's, it's like it's not out there right now. Yeah. So they have to seek it out. Mm-hmm. They have to love it, and they have to dig for it, and 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 take it and make it the, their own. But I think it's really cool when I see e- even like like old school like stoner dudes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll I'll still go to not my hippies, not hippies, no, but no. old school stoner dudes, dudes in like those old like black jeans with those like high top Reeboks or like Nike's and with like an Iron <laughs> Maiden shirt, you know, Yeah, yeah. and they. St- culture still produces these guys because yeah. they're, they're in my daughter's high school yeah, that's a low bar around.
0: to join that community though as opposed <laughs> to like the skateboard community where you actually have to like develop some sense of uh talent but but the principle still applies the yeah, principle yeah, the still prin- applies yes. you know the it's, scene it's, principle still pro- yeah, applies yeah yeah <laughs> you can do a whole podcast just on scenes a whole podcast <laughs> series just on scenes or examined scenes. Uh, uh, quick question of those, but then we got to talk about the doc. Of those three scenes we mentioned in the 1970s, um, so let's talk about Dogtown, New York, or so like, let's talk about like uh, the Pacific Beach area, New York, or London. Which would you most want to be a part of? <gasps> oh, and also if it differs, which would you be most accepted in?
1: Oh, what? Why do you give me these questions? That that's so hard. First of all, I don't think I'd be accepted in any of them. Um, may, maybe, uh, yeah, no, I, I, don't think I. Honestly, I don't think I'd be accepted in any of them. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, the one Jay, we've been working on this self-esteem. <laughs> the one I probably would want to be a part of, <clears throat> because it's the one I'm more, I'm so much more enamored with is, uh, uh the London. The UK punk scene. That's yeah. A, that, that's my favorite.
0: It seems the most, certainly as American too, the most exotic, right? Yeah. I don't know. I think dog, um, I think I would fit into the Dogtown scene the best, like personality wise. But athletic wise, I would not fit into that. <laughs> New York, I don't have, I don't have the 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 edge enough. Even though these Dogtown boys they have a lot of edge to do that, and the London scene, like we m- mythicize it now, but that's that's that was a rough time in London. You know that Thatcher era and and things like that, and I mean even they in those docks, they talk about it like it was like we did this because it fucking sucked everything sucked so we were just like we had to scream out Mm -hmm. so i mean at least in this the you know socal scene the 70s at least you get some
1: ocean time out of it before it got so crowded (laughs) yeah it's just crazy to think that all that stuff from the uk even from like the the late 70s to early 80s all came out of a country like roughly the size of texas you know and well that whole skateboard scene came out of a community roughly the size you know like of
0: even smaller than that
1: yeah that's true that's true i mean literally
0: i mean at least the way the doc paints it i don't know enough about skate culture in general um but You know, okay. So let's get let's talk about the doc. Okay, so things Uh I found interesting about the doc. I really love the setup about they're really smart about setting up Dogtown as your one of your main protagonists. uh, Before (laughs) we start getting into the 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 main three people of the uh, um, the Zephyr crew, which is Tony Alva, uh, Jay um,
1: Jay Adams,
0: Adams, and uh, Stacy Peralta. Yeah, Uh, and so they set up that. But they also give you some backstory in the history of skateboarding, uh, and how skate skateboarding inter- intersects with surf culture, and they, they they paint that connection really well. And one of the things I always find fascinating every time I watch this doc is the wheels, how the polyurethane wheels basically change skateboarding. Oh yeah, yeah. For uh-huh. for everyone, so I thought that was really strong. Is to and they do that in a fun way where they showed like old clips of traditional skateboarders juxtaposed musically and visually because they'll do like the dun 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 yeah. dun dun and then they'll be like <laughs> you know like uh on the run yeah. to, you know like uh, <laughs> and then they so you're like ah oh, this is like you're rooting for this crew you're you yeah. you're in love with this scene it's everything counterculture is but they're doing it in ways that give you the evolution of a sport i thought that was really strong
1: yeah yeah uh, it was i mean i'm not that old and i can i can remember like skateboarding when it was like that wholesome like beach boys yeah, yeah, era, yeah. you know the, the dudes coming in, but um, I, I mean, what they did was it was literally a count like counterculture. I mean, just, you, you know, you can even see one the, in the first contest that they had. You That's know, the you one I was going to talk
0: about. That is yeah. I mean, one of the defining moments of this doc. Go ahead, finish. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's yeah. Funny. Just all the all the guys with the short, you know, haircuts and the the clothes you know their their little striped shirts and their socks pulled up to their you know doing like nose
0: wheelies on their board or like a handstand on their board (laughs) in the freestyle area and then jay adams gets in there and he's got a glove on he's ripping it up he's spinning around it he's jumping he's like a kid with add who's just like throwing everything
1: out there yeah yeah and they were saying that they he was doing tricks that they've never even seen him do before yeah because we never seen him do like spin like that. He was just pulling it out, and that that
0: seems as someone who has experience with with a lot of kids those age. That seems very much like adrenaline, and uh, just like yeah. this is who I am, and like I'm just gonna just do everything. Because you watch the video, and he's he's falling a lot and stuff too. But he's just like so much. He's just giving so much into it, and it's so intense. And that that has to do with the doc editing as well. I'm sure in person it. it probably wasn't as impressive as the the cutoff clips at least from the perspective of skateboarding now certainly back then it would be um but yeah they really emphasized that people didn't know what they were looking at like they didn't know what we were doing so they couldn't grade it they couldn't classify it um and this video this doc edits all their skate footage in a way that makes it look really cool you know taking the best moments and the the best photos and stuff like that Uh but um uh, at the time you know they're probably fucking up a lot too you
1: know probably probably yeah. uh, um i thought it was interesting though how you know even when because you, you could tell it during the jay adams part that we're talking about he would fall and he'd stumble but he he'd pull it right up you could tell it didn't even affect him yeah you know he he'd fall and he, he'd almost turn the fall into some sort of a stylistic, you know, maneuver. And, you know. I would have loved for
0: them to explain the rules of the competition. I know it's... I'm glad they didn't because it would make it too long. But, like, it'd be funny to, to research that and be like... It seemed timed. The way he was attacking it, it seemed timed. Like, do whatever you can oh, yeah. in, like, two minutes. Because it was just like... You know, um, how many... Tr- if you If it's just based on how many tricks you can complete in, like, the difficulty of those then yeah he was he was attacking
1: it the right way i think it is i I think it is timed um and yeah i just thought it was really funny how it it, it made it seem like either people got it or they hated it yeah everyone Mm -hmm. else had a
0: routine like an ice skating routine yeah he didn't he was just throwing everything out as he went improv Mm
1: mm-hmm Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, on there. So I I that that jumped out to me this time about like, oh, how much I really enjoyed, especially in that first act, uh, how they mixed the evolution of skateboarding and for a lay person, really gave you a blueprint to see the obviously there's so much more involved with that evolution. Um, and even when the, the Z Boys started winning competitions, they wouldn't win all the competitions. They're like, mm-hmm. um, like in like the late seventies, the top ten skateboarders for them were Zephyr team. I'm like, whoa! Well, who are the other six? What's mm. their story? You know, <laughs> like they weren't the only ones innovating skateboard at the time. The doc kind of singles them out as as a lot of that, but um, it really gave a layperson a, a a good view of of skateboarding in a way that even my parents would watch and maybe not love but would wouldn't turn it off
1: yeah yeah i I, it's plus it's like a a good it's like a good way of seeing what the appeal of what the appeal is of skateboarding um because that kind of brings it to the heart of it you know because i still even you know a lot of people may not but i still see skateboarding as a counterculture thing yeah um I still th- you know, I still see uh, a lot of that. Even like the music, the like skate punk and and all that kind of stuff, as still pretty rebellious. But I mean, maybe unless you get like the
0: people who write songs specifically about skateboarding, like um, like OPM, <laughs> like OPM, if I die before I wake, at least in heaven I can skate. <laughs> You heard that or, one? Oh, Have no, you ever heard no. that? Oh, I'll send that to you. Yeah. It's so it's so stupid. You're like, oh, this is like the the peak of the uh, early 2000s skateboarding, and people are just like just like openly singing about skateboarding, you know? Yeah, no, or that propaganda. Uh, we started something more oh, than yeah. a faded skicker on a skateboard. Right on, right on, right on, right on. Um, anymore. I love that. I love that. That kind of what is kind of what became in that line. You can say what you want about propaganda, but that line became like, you know, the, the the thing about like, we started something more than a faded sticker on a skateboard. It was like, Oh, what skating had become at that point. Like it's now been so saturated that it it's meaningless. Now it's not those guys in Dogtown who were, didn't even know what they were doing, but it was about a culture and creating camaraderie.
1: I'd be really interested to see what, one of those guys you know um well i know obviously stacy peralta is probably biased but like because i jumped into skateboarding in like the real early days of the bones brigade so like Mm. the bones brigade were like my z boys yeah you know it'd be interesting to see one of those guys that's not affiliated with powell or even tony alva had a skateboarding company then but someone of those guys that's not affiliated with with any kind of Corporation, see what they have to say about that era of skateboarding because that was huge too. That was a little bit before your time, but Bones yeah. Brigade oh, yeah, was yeah. massive. It was such a huge thing.
0: Really? Um, oh yeah. yeah, too. I hadn't heard about them until this doc when I watched mm-hmm. it. In well, the interesting about this doc is this doc is twenty years old now. Yeah, and yeah. these guys were middle aged in the doc. So you've never seen that Bones Brigade documentary? No. Oh, dude! You got to watch that. Is you that before be or after Z Boys, Dogtown Z Boys?
1: Well, I mean, like, like chronologically, it was in the mid '80s. But I don't know, like, when the documentary- no, I mean, like,
0: the documentary
1: came out. Like, did
0: they make it based on the success of this doc?
1: Possibly. Was this, this was a,
0: a, wi- a wildly popular doc. I think it might have even been up for an Oscar. Maybe.
1: Oh well, I know. I'm pretty sure Stacy Peralta, because Stacy Peralta owned Paul Peralta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm pretty sure he might have put the Bones Brigade documentary together also, but it's really well made. It's really good. Oh,
0: if he did it, then he probably did the boys first.
1: Maybe, but he I, probably I just, had
0: a lot more footage
1: on the Bones Brigade. Oh, I'm sure. Because, yeah, everything was videotaped for Bones yeah. Brigade era. But yeah, yeah I'll look so, at that real quick, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, let's let's since we're talking about the beach, let's talk about let's talk about a little bit because I want to talk about the characters. All right, let's let's talk about the characters in here, and then we'll kind of bring it back to our, our big theme. Uh, so, like you said, we have um, Jay Adams, Stacy Peralta, and um, Tony Alva, and of course, we all three of those were alive at the time of the Doc. I don't know if they are now. Uh, I'm sure. I bet they, I bet they all three are. They, Jay Adams, dead, Jay so- Adams dead. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, is he? Well, uh-huh. do you, when do did he die? Um he didn't gosh. look in good shape after in this doc. He like didn't he didn't seem very coherent as much. <laughs> like, but he seemed very truthful and open, but not he's not articulate. So uh, you know, because he doesn't have much of an education, you know. Um and so when they have him telling his story, it is I think he, he is the one that I gravitate towards the most. And I think maybe the doc leans that way.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think they tried it. He passed away.
0: Oh, okay. Um, so maybe like in his mid fifties, I'm guessing, um, a, I think that the, the doc sets out just with the amount of footage they show of Jay as a, as compared to the other people and the pathos in that character of, in this doc of Jay Adams, um, He's the one I gravitate towards to most as a character in the Z-Boys scene. Um, uh, well, this, this watch was a little bit different, but I'll, I'll, talk, I'll, I'll talk about who I gravitated towards at the end here of this conversation. Uh, what about you? Who did you gravitate towards to the most in this uh, watch, this particular watch?
1: This particular watch? Uh, Tony Alva. Oh, okay. Um, because that dude has always been associated for me as like a, like just a badass. Yeah. Like Like his his team of skaters in the eighties for that rode for Alva skateboards looked like compared to like the Bones Brigade. It was like the Z Boys and like the old school skateboarders. Like the 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 Alva team would like. I mean, back before, I mean, you got to think about eight eighties dudes with like shaved heads and like tattoos and dreadlocks and stuff and seeing their teeth, their picture. like, what the hell compared to like the clean cut, like bunch of Heshers day, and
0: stuff like that. Yeah. yeah oh
1: yeah. yeah. Dude, they're punkers and skinheads and Heshers and, you know, Rasta dudes. And yeah, they're crazy looking. So I, I I don't know. I, I will, I would pay the, particular. The bone brigade t- is
0: Stacy Peralta represents what skateboarding really kind of became in the nineties with the X games. Uh, yeah. you know, that, you know, yeah. the Tony Hawk era of skateboarding all comes out of, uh, oh, yeah. Stacy Peralta treating it like a sport and that type of thing. Jay, uh, Adams is the amateur, like not in his skills, but in like the guy who, you know, down the street who could still fucking carve up a pool um and you know all that shit and then um tony alva seems somewhere in the middle
1: yes yes he, he's like in the middle between like stacy peralta and jay adams i think yeah um because uh like you know how they were saying stacy peralta you know a few of the guys were saying he was the most he conducted himself the most professionally at the, in that era like he was smarter about things. He was smarter about his money. He had like a motivation to always do something more. Jay Adams could give a crap less. You know, he, he lived to, like you said, to, to shred. And he didn't care about money. He didn't care about fame. Yeah. He just wanted the ride. He just wanted the yeah, thrill. You could tell he's a little regretful of that. But like
0: at the time, he's still yeah. like, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Like, you know, like he just didn't. Even Peralta gets choked up when he talks about it. Mm-hmm. When he talks about like he was the best of us. Yeah, you know, because they were all much older than Jay when they were, you know, competing in those first days of it. And he had so much just natural potential talk about him being a natural athlete, about him being the one who before anyone else was like some people were raised on, you know, peanut butter and jelly. And he was raised on surfing and and skating. Yeah. And um, there's something respectable about that, but tragic about that same time, too it's just like an extreme like the best of the best hobbyist.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting how they cuz as soon as they start talking about his family life I'm like oh here we go like tragedy but he was actually raised in like a I guess in a pretty decent home and they said his yeah. his dad lovingly stepdad, his stepdad would, yeah. Oh his yeah, would like lovingly push him to do yeah. better to you know. I was really surprised by that. Yeah, um
0: he is, uh, they do a, a biopic movie of this called Dogtown, Lords of Dogtown. Uh-huh. Um, and the Emile Hirsch character, Emile Hirsch plays uh, Jay Adams, and he, he really becomes the main protagonist of that, that film. Mm. Uh, have you seen that one, Lords of Dogtown? No, I haven't You haven't seen, seen Lords it. of Dogtown? Mm-hmm. Uh, w- uh, watch it this weekend, dude. Like, watch okay. this weekend. It follows the s- story beat of Dogtown, the Z-Boys, Almost like beat for beat, uh, like Mitch hetberg comes in and he's selling the, he's explaining to the boys that they're buying polyurethane wheels. Mitch Hedberg's in it. Yep, yep. Mitch oh, Hedberg's in it. It was dude. like his last like thing before he, he died. Wow. um And uh, it's not, I mean, it's not as good as a doc, and there are things in it, but de- if if you like this doc and you haven't seen Lords of Dogtown. Definitely. Actually, I'm going to rewatch this weekend too. After we finish up, because now I'm talking about. It, I'm like, wait, do I want my seal of approval on this? I remember. I remember. <laughs> I had seen this doc, and then like a year after it, the the movie came out. So I was all about it, and um, I never thought that the movie was better than the doc. But it's okay. It uses the same soundtrack too. So the oh. same soundtrack, which is an interesting way to do the the film, is that they use all the same tracks like wake up maggie i think i got something to say and they bring in the character of the the cancer kid who does the dog bowl oh he plays he plays a a a bigger role early on for that pathos at the end of the film
1: oh interesting yeah um but yeah it's um I yeah I, i i always saw that movie and i'm like well it just—it's going to seem like a watered-down version of the doc.
0: It so is. Oh, it certainly is. Um, but um, again, uh, we're—you know—when it comes to Hollywood recreating that beachside culture of the '70s, you know, obviously they're recreating it. Um, yeah. It's kind of a cool, stylized version of that. When you get to see exactly. the music and on there, and of course, you know, they get to do the skateboard scenes with modern skaters doubling in for the, for the mm. people. And, um, you know, I think they even, I want to say they even have some of those stories that they didn't have film like the guy coming out with the carburetor on someone's car and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> all those things that are mentioned in there. I think, you know, one time Emile Hurst says, if you're one of the boys, you're always one of the boys. So, I mean, dialogue from the doc is, is taken right out of there and, and put in there. Uh, I think Tony Alva comes across as a more dynamic character, actually, maybe in that movie than he does in the um, the doc uh, hmm. as well. But, anyways, um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, going back to the beach on this is that it had to be that that environment for this to exist. Obviously, because of the surfing thing in general, yeah. um, but it, it couldn't just be any coast anywhere in the world it really was specific to that mix like they talk about it being in that poor part of town and then on the other side was like you know the rich part of town and that's always a good recipe for extremism is when you're yeah. staring over the fence at affluence uh oh should we call it an afflu fence <laughs> Uh, copyrighted now. Um, uh, and we were staring over across the, the fence of affluence, you know, it is breeds kind of discontent and drive and motivation. So you don't even, these, these kids didn't even know why they were doing it, but there was a sense that they were seeking something beyond themselves and it wasn't wealth, but it was, um, legacy, um, not even legacy, uh, acceptance uh culture it just seemed like they wanted to be accepted they always talk about pushing themselves to be the king of a, for the day and on any mm. given day when they started you know carving up those pools they said anyone could be king for a day mm. if you pushed it further than anyone else that day if you were one of the top runners you had your mini kingdom. You were king for that day. And we talk about those three characters, but they weren't the only ones in that scene. And they certainly weren't the only ones innovating and pushing the boundary of things. And so, you know, some of the second string, in quotes, Z boys in this doc talk about, and they're like, they're very much like, yeah, some days, like j- these guys were great, but it was some
1: days I was the best. hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody has their off days, and somebody has, sometimes somebody's like just on par that day, and yeah, I, I can totally see that.
0: What would you, what would you rather be like professional quality at, surfing or skating? Oh, skating. Yeah, skating easy. Just because the yeah. of accessibility of it, like you can just do it more. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, just because I guess maybe I'm just more familiar with it. Um, surfing? dude, That's just a little... I, 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 no, I no, I, no, I want to do.
0: No, I want... to like, But I mean, if I had to, like, wave a magic wand, would I want to uh-huh. be a great surfer or a great skateboarder? I'd, I'd want to be a great surfer. Uh, I like... I mean, as, as unbearable as it seems, as getting yourself into a wetsuit and going out into a cold ocean in the winter, if you're, like, living on a cold beach, like, the... Doing a sport, extreme sport in water, and then coming out of it and then going about the rest of your day just seems like such a rush and so invigorating. It seems like Mm -hmm. surfing is just much more invigorating than skateboarding, at least in my sideline opinion.
1: There's a lot, just so many more like external factors with Mm -hmm. surfing you know it's more
0: temporal it's more it's more immediate it's more catch if catch can you know it's like it's it's the whole the whole activity is based on weather and yeah yeah you know Uh,
1: animals yeah, you know, uh, just locals like that. Locals, people talk about <laughs> people,
0: uh, you know, we we read comics or we and we also go to punk shows. and people talk about the intimidation of going into that world, like walking oh. into a comic shop if you don't read comics, going to a punk show if you you're not a punker. Um, I think the most extreme version of that is surfing, which is oh, yeah. like, I'm about to move to a beach and I would love to like take some surf lessons and then go out there and explore. I don't think it's going to work out well for me because I'm not good at that board stuff, but I want to try it, but it is scene wise, the most intimidating scene I can think of to break into.
1: Yeah, probably, probably just cause again, like you, we were saying before, it's, it's a lot of territorial things. and Yeah. And there's, and you kind of have to go like one or two at a
0: time. So it's the same reason I don't like playing like blackjack, like in fucking Vegas. I'm going to fuck up someone's game. <laughs> like that's like internally, that's one of the things I just don't want to do. I don't want to fuck up someone else's good time or I don't want to intrude on it. I'm always uh-huh. very aware of intruding on someone else's good time. Um, and so surfing, you kind of have to because there's, as they say, there's a limited amount of waves and, uh, you know, Only so many people can ride a wave.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, that's yeah. It is pretty intimidating. That's why it's just it's beyond my level of understanding. That's why I'm just like yeah, skateboarding. It's what I know already. You know, right? I can improve on that. But yeah, but but, you know, asking about that, it's almost being like like, uh, I might as well just be like a silver surfer, you know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I might as well yeah, just yeah. be a herald of Galactus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would rather
0: try to do that because he seems pretty attached to that board. Um, <laughs> so, um, does this doc make you want to uh, move to a beach?
1: No, no, no. I, I, you know, um, as much as, so living in Phoenix, Uh, In the, in the, you know, I, I grew up in the early eighties, I was born in the mid seventies. And I think a lot of that trickled down to Phoenix because it probably was so close, um, Mm -hmm. you know, geographically. And so there's a lot of dudes in my, in my grade school that skated, you know, and and had surf shirts and, and I kind of liked the, the, the safety of it. You know, because I'm not like a hard, hard ass dude. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think that a lot of that stuff is just a lot to deal with on top yeah. of everything else. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, they don't get rocks thrown at you from like the pier and stuff like oh, that, yeah, or someone yeah. would be like, "Are you fucking from around here?" And like, yeah. But if you break into it, I think it's like anything. It would be like a culture that's just like you're a rock star. Yeah. Or even if you're not great at it, but they accept you. Like, if, if you can, like, if you get in there because you know people and you live there and you can tell jokes, now you get to be part of this scene that's so cool. I just love the idea of the fact that, you know, they start their day surfing or they end their day surfing and everything in between is just covered in salt water, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, they're constantly always, like, wet from the ocean, they're constantly always looking at the wave. Their their days are based on on the waves and the season and the weather. And I think that's a really kind of cool way of living, where you're, you know, we live like in Phoenix is very except for the heat. It's very easy to just kind of like your day is what you create. You're like you're you're not you're not limited by the weather in in your enjoyment of your life. But if you're a surfer. You know, you're a skater in Southern California, you know, it's like your day is based around the weather and and mm-hmm. uh, the scene. And uh, I think there's, there's something romantic about that in the capital R uh, sense of the word um, that really comes out in this doc that I really like. Um, yeah, I'm not hard enough for the that, that. I wasn't hard enough as a kid and certainly not hard enough now uh, yeah. to be part of that culture. Yeah. So as we, as we wrap things up here, is there anything else that you wanted to throw out about this doc that you really enjoyed or questions you have?
1: Well, I just wanted to add on real quick to what you're saying. Uh, not only uh, about romanticizing that that whole scene, but their look plays into uh, into a surfer uh, the whole surfer vibe because they're always all tan, their hair's mm. bleached. You know, Long, the, the, even, yeah, even their hair has like a certain texture because I, I assume it's because they're yeah, out. So salt, like, yeah. Salt, yeah. The salt water, the the sun all the time. And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a I was going to ask you that
0: up top of the, of the podcast, but I keep using the word aesthetic and I'm going to try not to use it. Um, so when we talk about different scenes and we talk about the A word of those th- scenes, um, you know, you think about like, uh, Punks or Bohemians or Hesher's or you know all those things that we, we that we bring up on here preps preppies you know what look I'm not saying a look you can pull off I'm saying which one do you think is the coolest and I'll also put it out right there I've always loved the surf look not the hippie look but the surfer look, look a word um so of all the scenes what do you wish that you could effortlessly pull off british mod british mod oh, good pull oh, on that one yeah, man not I even like not even mind. like a teddy boy like a, a, a no uh, no <laughs>
1: no vespa driving you know pill popping british mod <laughs> okay maybe it's because i look so far removed from that that i always yeah, admire yeah, yeah. you know
0: yeah yeah i'm trying i'm looking at you i'm trying to think of what what are the major things you have to do but it's, it's it's tough oh it's a lot
1: Yeah, to you whole... shave
0: all that beard and, <laughs> and hair and stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. Be you, a whole gre- you grease it back the glasses are working you, you can keep your glasses mm-hmm. grease the hair back a little bit put on
1: like a fedora well, i have to cut it i have to totally cut it make that yeah the early like the who like the early uh high numbers you know who era you know like that that's an interesting pick that's an interesting pick
0: i, yeah, I even, in, even I forgot about, about that whole scene bit. i feel like i'm leaving out some good ones but surfing is always like when i go to like i'll shop online i'll be like oh this i'm like oh like that looks so cool i wish i could pull that off but like it's again it just feels too posery i can't i can't do it mm-hmm. so yeah, in good. this move when i move to this beach First, I'm going to put the work in to being... Because I, I, I got my lease in my apartment. I do live on the beach now. I have beachfront access right out of my apartment. goes right out to the beach, right in the Philippine Sea. Rubbing it in. S- Rubbing it in sunset. My sun, uh, on my balcony, I can see the sunset <laughs> over you know Pacific Ocean. Um, and so before I start getting the accoutrement, one of my things is I have to feel like I've earned it. Mm. So... That means, first of all, just spending time on the beach, learning how to navigate it, how to get sand off, you know, like getting that salt in my hair, getting that base tan, taking in some water sports. But once all that's in place, then the surf style comes in, maybe. (laughs) You know, I've been growing my hair out for a year. I've been preparing for this. I want to get some salt in this bad boy throw it up like i'm uh, ty johnson like that the shitty skateboarder that they're all trying to beat like the fro-haired guy <laughs> i'm looking at used cars right now and one of my big things is like which one
1: says beach guy which one says z boy of guam which one says Z boy <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah you can do it travis i'm gonna try i'm glad we're doing this now i'm glad we're talking this out now during our beach set i'm gonna be there in about two weeks so before this beach sets over i will be living on the beach what a perfect timing jay we get to transition me into this get me excited for it get me pumped for that speaking of which our next episode we're going to be reading a little novel called the beach by alex garland so if you like to keep up with us um Go ahead and pick yourself up a copy of the beach. You could probably find that uh, on Amazon. They probably reissued it. It was hard to find for a while, about like six years ago. I think they've reissued it. Um, if not, you can get it on digital reader. Um, Alex Garland has gone on to like be Oscar-nominated screenwriter uh, with like X Machi- like, Machina yeah. and all these places. Yeah, but before that, I met him when he was just this uh, writer of this little kind of bohemian uh, adventure stoner book called the beach. Uh, that was a, it's a cult classic in the, the novel world. So, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, of course made a movie off of it, but we we probably won't touch on that too much. Even though I don't mind the movie, a lot of people, that was a bomb after Titanic, but the book, um, uh, I just reread it. And so I'm interested to talk about to Jay about it, who has, has not read it. um, and we'll we'll go from there. So, um, yeah, pick up that book, and we will catch you on the next pop waves.